Hi everyone, welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. So last episode we had a real fun time, didn't we? We had a real fun time with Worlds Collide. The dream team, Sonic and Mega Man, finally coming together, saving the day, saving their universes from complete and total collapse. Well, one of them did. <laughs> one of them did. So, um, to kind of introduce the situation we'll be in moving forward. As a result of... Outside influences that we talked about in the episode prior. The comic experienced a reboot. A new canon with a new world and a new context. I tried to look up like what the general consensus was at the time. Couldn't really find anything solid. But the gist that I could find is, is that because of the situation, people understood. They weren't happy about it, but they understood. And I share those sentiments, don't get me wrong. However, I think this is going to be for the best. I've read ahead a little bit from where we are recording for the set of issues we got today. I am very positive about it. I think if you, the listener, have never read these comics before and you were really, really enticed with the story that was going on in the previous canon and you come here to learn that there's a reboot and the story will be on a new direction, I would imagine you'd be very upset. My message to you is... Just give it a chance. I don't think I could agree more. Yeah, it it does suck that a lot of what we have talked about um, has essentially just been wiped away from existence. What you said before in that last episode, Aaron, what was it? 247 issues, 50 issues of Sonic Universe, all the super specials, the Knuckles spinoff, the miniseries. Gone. But what is dead may never truly die, as there are echoes, remnants of the past mm-hmm. that begin and, and stay with us, even when, when we go to new realities and, and new places. Yeah, it's more like the more things change, the more things stay the more the they same. Si- they're the same. Before we begin the comics properly, I need to sort of... How do I put it? I think I need to diffuse some things <laughs> before we go in there. What, what do you... Whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait diffuse what are you talking about maybe maybe that's too big of a sentence but here here's the situation this episode that we're going to be doing it's going to be a little different from how we normally do things where we like review the comics we go through them and then we give our general thoughts this episode's going to be a bit more of a guided reading so there's going to be some things that are going to need a deeper explanation and we're going to do that for you guys also we said it was a reboot and that is true However, I call it more of a soft reboot. So the exact canon is different. However, the character development we have seen in past issues is intact. It stays the same. These are the familiar characters that you know. Sega, in particular, kind of took a heavy hand in reshaping the canon and how the characters were to be presented. The biggest issue is that no game characters, so Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, etc., are not to show any of their family or have romantic relationships. So the relationship that Sonic and Sally had is still there. It's just platonic now. Yeah. 
I'm not a fan of that. Mm. And I and yes, that may be surprising considering what I've discussed about romantic relationships in this comic. But it made sense for the comic with the direction that it was going. Yeah. I for a long time. I'm for them particularly, it was okay. Knuckles and Julie Sue as well, special shout out, Bunny and Antoine, although they they, they, it's still there, so that was just yeah, sort of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the only thing that gets uh, baked over into the canon, which I'm actually completely okay with because they were always sort of side by side, and when they were dating, and then they married each other, and it was like, okay, this is perfect. So I'm glad that Sega was. I, I, I'm betting Ian and the crew had to fucking fight. Oh for no, that they shit. did. <laughs> you don't understand. So we talked about it a little bit more in the uh, episode where we talked about all that. But Ian and the creative team had to fight Sega to keep the Sad AM characters. Because, let's be honest, folks. If we were here in this new canon and there was no Sad AM characters, the Freedom Fighters, all that stuff, it would be very jarring for old readers to come into this new canon with that. It would just feel a little off at best, right? I think what happened, I think what really sold it, I don't have any proof of this, this is just speculation, I think what really sold it was that Ian convinced them to say, hey, this license was originally based on Sad AM and Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. We can have these characters. There's nothing holding us back from it. It's just you guys, and what you guys would do would hurt the perception of this comic in the wider community. And I guess that, I guess they took that argument. I mean, it's legitimate. It's a legitimate argument, and it's right. So talk about the canon itself. This canon is a world more in line with the games, as we saw in Worlds Collide. However, there are elements of Sad AM thrown in. So we will be seeing locales from the games and how things go on around that. So for example, the Kingdom of Acorn, it's back to being the Kingdom of Acorn now, so no more council and all that. However, it is now made up of several islands called the Acorn Archipelago, Two of said islands are South Island from Sonic 1 and West Side Island from Sonic 2, where the majority of, I guess, the story of Mobotropolis takes place in. Very interesting how the uh, the Archie world and the game world have now sort of fucking collided. And this is one of the most interesting aspects of the new canon, which... Um we're going to we're going to delve into a lot when we when we talk further about this. Yes. So now, the planet itself, it's no longer called Mobius. We don't know what it's called. It's never directly named and it's not explicitly called Earth. However, I do also need to point out the anthropomorphic animals we call the Mobians. They're supposedly supposedly they are there are some throwaway lines where the species themselves are still called Mobians. I have not seen it myself in all the reading ahead that I've done. I'll call it out if I see it, but for the sake of simplicity, I'm still going to call them Mobians, okay? Just just to make it easier on the ears. The timeline of this world, we can assume all the games released up to this point, meaning Sonic Lost World, have occurred in the canon at some point. There is a major exception to this, but as we go onward, you will understand. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll see. The final piece I want to leave us off on, Ian has said in the past he actually intended it for it to be a hard reboot, where their characters would not have any memories of the old canon. However, Paul Kaminsky, the editor for the Sonic book, said that they would alienate old readers, so the compromise was, is that soft reboot. The characters will get their old memories back temporarily, so we actually are going to get some resolution to the stories we've had before Worlds Collide. 
Kind of. Kind of. But I would also like to remind uh, everyone, as you will soon see, that that is only related to major characters. With one exception. With one exception. So with that being said. Welcome to what is arguably one of the best arcs of this comic, Countdown to Chaos, Sonic the Hedgehog, issue 252, at all costs, part two, A New Lease on Life. Flynn is the writer, Evan Stanley is doing the art. We open, Sonic thrust through time and space itself, having stopped Dr. Eggman and Dr. Wily in reshaping the universe using the Super Genesis Wave, but at a cost. Eggman stopped the chaos control from going smoothly. And as a result, reality itself is being rewritten. Sonic falls through, remembering instances, moments of his life on Mobius, his defeat at Eggman's hands. The rebooted world of Sonic Genesis, his fight with Shadow, and the discovery of the Wisps. Now, two of those are events we've talked about, and then two of those are game events. Interesting. We properly open as Sonic is on the floor, rain pouring, the white fading away. As he says that he feels like his brain's doing a spin dash in his skull. As he gets up, and animals are running everywhere. <laughs> he says, hope the kid got back to his own world okay. Gotta get back to business. And he looks up. The first thing he sees is the Tails doll in its kaiju form destroying the city. Tails is trying to fight it, and he sees Sonic saying, dude, you took a nasty hit. You all right? Sonic says, I, I don't, what's going on? I don't, I don't understand what's happening here. Tails does the whole, all right, man, how many fingers am I holding up? You know who I am, all that stuff. Sonic is just like, dude, okay, look, three, your name is Tails, and I'm fine. It's the rest of the world that's not making sense. Remember, just as a reminder, Sonic was in the South Pole with the Freedom Fighters and Silver in order to go and confront Robotnik with the Arctic Freedom Fighters at this time, when the Genesis Wave hit. So Tails says, uh-huh. All right, well, look, if you can fight, get back up. We got to save the city. And Sonic goes along, but asks, well, wait, where are Amy and Silver? The last I remember, we were on the Death Egg trying to rescue Sally. Tails says, what are you talking about, rescue Sally? We're here to follow up on Nicole and rescue King Acorn. This thing was already attacking when we arrived. I don't know where Amy went, but we haven't seen Silver since we rescued the Wisps. <laughs> Sonic is just like, what the fuck? What? What? You- <laughs> Ray, rewind a second. If we're back in the city and here to save the king, does that mean Nagus is involved? So, here's another caveat. A lot of time has passed, but Nagus is a character from Sat AM. In fact, he actually is, his full name is Ixis Nagus. That is from Sat AM. And like we just mentioned, Sad AM is fair game. So Nagus is allowed to exist in the new canon. Fun. Speaking of that, Nagus is looking out the window, looking at the Tails doll monstrosity, wondering and pondering about the fact that Eggman says his creation's after him, and then the Quickster arrives. 
Who else shows up but Nicole back in the city? And her handheld form that was previously destroyed, if you remember. Destroyed, yeah. Saying, serves you right, Wally. What? What? Okay. okay. That's not... Hmm? Why? Why is the name Wally? That's actually something we're going to cover in a future arc. So just roll with it for now, okay? Okay. Terrorizing the citizens, lying and manipulating your way to the crown. Nagus demands that she don't lecture her, as this wouldn't be an issue if you made good on your promise. Okay? Promise. Promise. Okay, uh... so. so Nagus responds, don't you lecture me, and don't you dare call me that name. Nagus asked her before to make a superpowering to restore his magic. She says she's been working on it, but man, I, just, I don't even know if I can make one at all. Jeez. Well, then I will find some other way in the next five minutes. This leads Nagus to get angered. He grabs Nicole's handheld, and when he picks it up, he screams, You'll finish that ring or I'll make you, and stop. Memories come flooding back of the old world. Nagus remembers his rise to power, his defeat at Sonic's hands, and his transformation into that monstrosity with the other Ixus sorcerers. Now, folks, um... If you remember the, sto- uh, the story before, there is a very important character who is central to all this. But, gee, I don't see him here at all in these flashbacks. I wonder what that's about. I wonder yeah, what that's probably about. probably getting cocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Nagus, having a uh, mental breakdown, throws the, the portable computer out the window, saying, What sorcery is this? These visions of another life. No, I must drive the visions out. Must escape, must escape. And he just bolts. He books it. So after this, Nicole's, her data has been corrupted. Let's put it like that. So as he runs away, he passes Sonic and Tails. Let the Quickster have this place, so he says. And they look onward at him running away. Tails says that solves the Nagus problem, but should, should, should we? Sonic is just like, no, one problem at a time, man. The monster now, crazy fleeing wizard later. So Sonic runs up on the monster, trying to hit its power gem core, but it dodges him. Plus, the body plating is too strong for Sonic Spin Dash, so they gotta do that combo. So Sonic and Tails grab hold of each other, do their combo Spin Dash, which I think that's from Sonic 4 Episode 2, is it not? Yeah, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is. Breaking through that monster's chest as its tentacle wires try to grab onto some debris to cover itself up. Sonic's concerned that it's just grabbing scraps together. Hey, where are all the nanites that made up the city? Tails responds, what nanites? Great panel where Sonic just looks at him like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. (laughs) So yeah, Sonic's getting frustrated with Tails. He's like, okay, look, I'm going to explain later. But right now, Tall, Dark, and Gruesome over here can rebuild himself out of anything. We got to do something. Tails points at the control gem. It's what lets Tails doll control their machinery and absorb it into itself. You know, like last time. Like last time. Yeah, okay, cool. (laughs) What does it look like then? It's a shiny red gem. You know, like before. Sonic says, well, it was in the head, I think. So Tails flies up to get it. Tails ends up getting blocked by a tentacle slamming on the ground nearby, leading Tails to get flung to the ground, right near Nicole was thrown to. And Tails finds her and sees, oh, wow, you're experiencing some massive uh, errors. And Nicole's trying to talk to him, but she's barely intelligible. Tails just thinks the speaker must be broken. So he grabs Nicole. And then it stops. We see visions of Tails' previous light. Him and Sonic hanging out, flying on the tornado, him fighting against Mecha Sally, fighting against Speedy, 
And of course, the most infamous moment in Tails' comic life, his fight with Sonic. Tails is shaken to his core, saying that he remembers everything differently, getting saved by Sonic at the last second uh, as the uh, Tails doll monstrosity tries to slam a tentacle down on him. And that's where Tails says, Sonic, you were right. There there was another world. We were trying to rescue Sally. Then we met those robots from another universe. Then Sonic says, Tails, relax. One thing at a time, just like you said. Let's finish ugly here. I'm getting tired of running in the rain. Then we can deal with the messed up reality. So, Tails is right behind him. And then they say, once all this is said and done, let's send a memo to good old Eggy. Tell him not to make anything creepy like this again. Speaking of, we are now in the African Plains, as Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik is uh, crawling out of the wreckage of his latest uh, failure. I hate that hedgehog. As he falls over to the ground and gets back up, Robot and Cubot still with him. Surprised that they made it out in one piece, but... They need to figure out where they are, because, you know, they got to get back to the Death Egg, and, uh, about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Eggmobile, non-functional. This is Albert's fault. Even though Orbot says, well, you were the one who flew into the space-time vortex of certain doom. Eggman tries to swipe at Orbot, but he dodges, only telling them to come along to find support. I can only hope Sonic is having a worse time than me. Sonic, distracting the Tails doll monster leaving Tails to plug Nicole's handheld into the Tails doll, insisting she'll be fine. So when she's inside, it immediately detects her as an intruder in the system, leaving its control gem defense lifts, leaving Sonic to burrow through it. And then he pulls the doll out, and the monster is unable to function afterwards. Hey, Duo, there's a nice little shot of Sonic punting it across the forest, doing the Tails doing the whole football it's good moment. Very yeah, cute. cute, cute, cute. So with one problem settled, Tails and Sonic begin to discuss what's going on. It's not just me, right? You remember stuff too, don't you? Yeah, and I'm starting to remember new old stuff too. The two worlds, the two sets of memories, histories. It's like I'm waking up from a dream that felt too real or still dreaming it. I remember certain things happening, but some of them feel like I got the details wrong. Now we show our first major shift in the dynamic of what happened. In the previous canon, King Max was welcomed by Warlord Julian into turning the Acorn Kingdom into a uh, military state. In the new canon, King Max is welcomed by Dr. Eggman. So here's the thing. His name is not King Max anymore. His name is now King Nigel. And that same scene is him bringing in Dr. Ivo Robotnik, seen in the classic game design. So... Here's the first thing I need to point out for you guys. King Max, as a character, technically is from Sad AM. He was grandfathered into the comics. However, his characterization was comic original, let's say. Which made Archie decide to play it safe and redesign and recharacterize King Acorn from King Max into now King Nigel. Who I also want to say... The name Nigel was chosen for another character, his voice actor, Jim Curry, legendary Jim Curry, played uh, one Nigel Thornberry. <laughs> the goat. You ever just get up on stage and just... <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't do the, I can't do the you, sound. You but can't. It's, 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 only he could. 
All the heat comes. It's very oh, funny because I'm not going to lie. Whenever King Nigel is on screen, I kind of read it in, in Nigel Thornberry's voice. Like, a little bit. Sonic asks Nicole if she's got any good idea. Sort of glitched out state, she says, freedom fighters. Find them. Well, sure, we will, but how would that help with the dual memory thing? Tails saying that she sort of gets what she means. Before I picked her up, she was badly bugged. After that spark of energy between us, I remembered both worlds and she defragmented a bit. So Sonic was immune to that, though, because he was at the heart of the Genesis wave when Eggman made it collapse in on us. So with space-time so horribly misshapen, anything is possible. Yeah, it's a weird suggestion, but hey, considering how badly damaged space-time was, anything's possible. We have to see why Nicole can cause reactions, probably because they're so strong relationships. And as for Nagus, well, he was pretty messed up by the first Genesis wave, so he probably was freaked off with the information overload and ran off. Well, Nagus was a problem that solved itself, so Sonic and Tails go off to find the king. Then a little time passes. They're in the castle, in the dungeons. Sonic and Tails find the room where the king is being held, and it's under some serious lock and key. This isn't like Nagus who relies on magic. Nicole is able to get out that Nagus stole Eggman tech after the first Genesis wave damaged his powers. They release the lock and free King Nigel. Healthy, walking fine. Yes. So, in contrast to our um, previous individual, who was a uh, horrendous fucking awful piece of shit king nigel is more than grateful happy that the boys are safe asking if nagus gave them any trouble sonic saying no worries uh just a laugh he bailed before we could kick him out nigel uh coming back saying the coward no worries i'm sure you'll find him in time he uh pats sonic on the back saying that he's thankful to be out of the dreadful cell and uh apologizes to nicole for for getting her captured i also do want to comment that when he like pats sonic on the back you can tell sonic's not happy to be touched by him <laughs> he's, he's he's like, like what is hey, happening hey, hey, what hey, is happening hey, yo, hey, i'm hey, not yo. okay with this as he walks off sonic comments to himself you know it's it's kind of weird seeing the king so lively and healthy and not being a jerk Maybe something good can come from this world after all. Yeah, so I guess now's as good as time as any to talk about it. So there are characters that we are going to see that are changed. Some of them for the better. This is one such example where I think it's very nice to see. Because as we all know, King Max was a horrible fucking piece of shit misogynist boomer. Now, he's just a nice old king. Yeah, who cares about the people and the kingdom, you know? Oh, I wonder what the my the little freedom fighters are up to. Oh, they're adorable. Oh, they're doing such a good job. I love them so much. Yeah, I welcome this a lot. At least now I don't have to get Visceral angry every time he's on screen. King Nigel asks the boys, can I do anything to help you guys out seeing, you know, everything going on? Tails says, can you at least point us in contact with Rotor? We kind of lost everybody. Nigel says, uh, I can't really do that, but I can point you guys in the right direction. So he brings them to his library points tails to an email he got from rotor you guys seem to be working on something top secret all i got was this heavily encrypted message from rotor so tails got its coordinates sonic and tails then go off to the tornado hopefully still on the royal airstrip but king nigel tells them to stop for a second not that i don't want you to not prioritize your friends do let me know when you find my daughter i know she's capable herself but in these dangerous times it would ease my mind to know sally is safe and in the final scene the Death Egg in the Arctic, 
We see Sally hiding behind a corner of the Death Egg, no longer roboticized. That's the end of 252. What's interesting about Sally's redesign is that it takes a lot of elements from her roboticization and then incorporates them into the main design. Really interesting. There's a lot of blue on her color palette, which came from the roboticization, weirdly enough. That was issue 252. An interesting start to our comic. We have a lot to cover, so I think that it's best that we move on to Sonic the Hedgehog. Issue 253. Ian Flynn Mm -hmm. and Tracy Yardley, the creative team. So we open in the Mystic Ruins Jungle! What? Wow! Look at this! It's some game shit! Hell yeah! I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Sonic grinding on a rail. Tails following behind by flying. Them enjoying their time together. It's it's good to see the boys like this despite the circumstances. Rotor's the only freedom fighter they got a lead on, but, you know, the signal they're tracking is still weak. Plus, Nicole is pretty buggy, but she's okay. Sonic complains it'd be a lot easier if Rotor wasn't being so secretive. Nicole tries to get out that this was a secret project with Tails... To keep away from the eyes of Eggman. Tell sense, you know, I thought I would have remembered that, but guess it is kind of hard to sift through two sets of memories. Sonic says, though, don't sweat it, we'll find him eventually. But it would help if we had some sort of guide coming across Big's hut. I'm so fucking excited. I'm so fucking excited. I'm so fucking excited. I, I have I have in the past like year or two become the biggest like big stan. Like I I just I love him so much. He's so wonderful. What a unit. What a unit. What a u- what, what an absolute lad. Meanwhile, in the Africa Plains, <laughs> Orbot and Cubot pushing the broken down Eggmobile as Eggman is, to put it lightly, tired, hungry, and thirsty and had to camp out in the wilderness. So shut the hell up and push the damn mobile. <laughs> but there's some rumbling in the distance. And before they realize it, they're surrounded by a bunch of Mobians on motorcycles and ATVs. And Extreme Gear. On Extreme Gear. Hey, check that out. One of them jumps down to Eggman, asking, is this another surprise inspection, sir? Eggman doesn't know what he's talking about, but plays along. He goes, yep, uh-huh, yeah, that's exactly what this is. You know the drill, name and rank. So he salutes Axel the Water Buffalo, egg boss of the Africa Egg Army Unit. Eggman's very amused to see he has an egg army in this world. Axel asks if he needs anything else. And, uh... Ah, <laughs> oh, this this is a great panel where uh, it's just a devious close-up of uh, Eggman's face with uh, Axel in the reflection of his right eye uh, holding his mustache, excited beyond belief about what's about to happen. As our next shot shows Eggman in a Eggmobile ATV, riding in the seat, rolling it around as Axel sits in the broken fucking Eggmobile. It's great. So Orbot comments, boss, I don't remember you having an egg army per se, and I don't think this Axel guy was one of your subordinates. Eggman knows, but he says, "Mm, I may have been a... A tad hasty in interrupting Sonic's chaos control. I need to do some research, but it appears reality was altered to some degree. But it doesn't matter. I got an egg army now, and right now my concerns are dinner. And getting the eggmobile up and running. And getting back to the death egg. Then it's back to making Sonic miserable. So Sonic and Tails come up on the goat, the legend, the king. Big. Big! What are you doing here, buddy? Fishing. 
I can see that. But what happened to Team Frito? Weren't you still in the city when we left? Nope. But, well, then what have you been doing all this time? Fishing. <laughs> the How goat. can you hate this man? The goat. How? Goat. Tails then asks Sonic, okay, let me handle this. Hey, Big, my man, uh, Rotor and I were working on a secret project. We got lost. Can you show us the way? Sure. This way. <laughs> The best is that uh, Sonic does a little golf clap as uh, as 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 Big leads them, and Tails takes a light bow. See, this is one of the things that I really like about the reboot, and I know it's not it's something that's happened with Archie before, but they're very insistent on wordplay in this reboot, and I think that's something that I really like is that even between Sonic and Tails, there's a lot more back and forth. You know, it's good stuff. They follow Big's lead. To the old Egg Tower base, Sonic says. Tells like, what, what What are you talking about? You know, the final egg, the base of the egg carrier when Eggman used chaos for... Oh, I guess that happened on this world. I think my memories are starting to run together. Tails and shows a little concern of their memories of the old world fading away, but... Big notes that there's some fighting going on, and down below, they see that there's a roof with a star on top... Badniks shooting at it, fires being returned, and they see Rotor fighting these Badniks, and he got a little slimmer look to him. I got a lie. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. This man is built like a brick house. He's a fucking Chad. I love Rotor's new design. They come down. Sonic and Tails get into action. Tails call to him that they're on the way. Rotor says to them that he was spotted by Badix just as he was about to begin the auto-targeting defense installs. And we gotta finish it before one of the Horde commanders shows up. Sonic and Tails scrapping Badix left, right, and center. But then we see Big. He's being thrown through the forest by something. And then the Badnik commander reveals itself. Silver Sonic. Specifically the one from the Death Egg from the Before Era. Uh, even though the three were doing a good job with scrapping Badniks, Rotor's still being sworn as Silver Sonic is spin-dashing its way to destroy Rotor's work. But just as it closes in, it's being held back by Big with his bare fucking hands. He says, it's not nice to attack my friends, throws it up, and a turret destroys Silver Sonic. How based can one man be? Like, just... Holy crap, he's so good. Sonic and Tails are done with the Badniks and see Rotor. Surprised to see his new look, but says, you know what, man? You you look great. You look great. So they look around. What is this thing? And Rotor says, what, what do you mean? Tails didn't tell you? Come on, let me give you the tour. Big, come in here too. So they come inside to the bridge of the Sky Patrol. We embark on the maiden voyage as soon as Sally and Bunny's missions are done. So Tails is, you know, seems pretty excited over it being called the Sky Patrol. But Rotor says, what do you mean? You were the one that wanted that name. Come on. Now we have our own answer to the Death Egg and whatever flying fleet Eggman throws on our way. So the Sky Patrol is named for the Game Gear game, Tails Sky Patrol. Of course. Also important to note is that T-Pup has returned, which is cute. I, I always like T-Pup. Very, very nice of Tails to have a little, little robot dog. Very, very big fan. Sonic says, after uh, the two of them, Sonic and Tails give a little concerned look, uh, saying, uh, Ro, you mind talking to Nicole? Rotor's like, what's gotten into you guys? I mean, sure, I'd love to help Nicole help in the debugging the systems and... It hits. Sonic and Rotor working together as kids. Sonic watching Rotor get elected to the council. 
Tails and Rotor working on machines together as kids. Rotor sacrificing his back for Tails to save him. It all just comes together. <laughs> so. Uh, it, I think, you know, do you know what I love about this, though? Actually, I'm going to save this. I'm going to wait until I'm gonna wait until we're done talking about this. Okay. Rotor, Rotor is in complete shock. Saying there was a whole other world. I, how can you take it? Rotor? I, I can't, okay? I can't process this right now. Work. Let's focus on work and how's Nicole. Okay, I gotta talk about this for a second. The fact that the memories of previous lives are affecting these characters so much, especially when it comes down to the tragedy that they have endured, is immense. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's not something that's taken with like a, oh, like a chip on the shoulder, right? Yeah, they're, they're feeling it. It's right there. And they're just like, like at best, they're just going like, whoa, man, this is fucked up. And for the record, they understand that this is a whole other world they're seeing. They understand that these are their memories from another reality. And it is going to stay with them a little bit. So Nicole is much better. Basically, this confirms Tails' theory that he needs the other Freedom Fighters in order to get Nicole back to 100%. Sonic's saying, we were hoping you'd help us with that since... You know, right, right. Um, hold on, let me let me pull up our mission file. Uh, all right, all right, okay. So a widescreen is displayed with all of the uh, freedom fighters, including Amy. Rotor says Bunny and Sally are in deep cover on missions for the Sky Patrol. Antoine's helping Uncle Chuck just outside Not Hole. Not Hole. Amy was supposed to be here helping guard the place, but she just vanished. I thought maybe she went chasing after you again, but nope. More on that later. Yeah. So now we got to find her on top of things. Thankfully, I know she can fully handle herself until we get to her, but man, Chuck is okay. Bunny's still with us and Antoine's on his feet and Sally's, Sally's on a mission. She's not a robot. She's okay. Uh, uh, Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll stay here and wrap up the Sky Patrol and sort things out in my head i guess big saying that uh he'll stay too there might be more robots uh giga chad big always coming in clutch for the homies the africa egg base Eggman has finished repairing the egg mobile should get me as far as axel quick pop quiz where's the nearest egg base from here uh i that's lord hood and avalon right <laughs> it better be he takes off. The onboard computer has been synced with the eggnet of this world as one of Axel's subordinates asks why they tolerate him. All Axel says is, we gotta. If the rumors are true, I don't want to be on his bad side. Especially if you don't want to be the first one in his restored roboticizer. Okay, the roboticizer is working again. Interesting. When they fly off, Orbot asks, why not stay the night and rest and not, you know, fall asleep at the wheel, boss? Eggman says, no time. I took some readings in the Eggnet. And if they're right, well, remember what I said about being hasty with Sonic's fixing of reality? As we look at the planet below, purple cracks form on the surface. And that's where that comic issue ends. Okay, so we have some major ramifications to deal with. You know, uh, considering that, um, 
the entire world and reality got uh, messed up, it's uh, only fair. So Sonic the Hedgehog issue 254, Ian Flynn and Tracy Yardley, the creative team. We open in the skies over Advalon as Eggman is getting gunned the fuck down by gun. <laughs> <laughs> a wing of his Eggmobile is blown off and nose dives into a fortress shaped like his logo. Pulls himself out. All right, hood, front and center. So now we see Lord Mordred Hood, who is the same character from the old canon. The first character of that status, for the record. So he's front and center. Eggman is angered about the airspace being controlled by gunplanes. Hood says, I've been busy dealing with Bo and his freedom fighters. I asked for Badnik aid months ago. We didn't even notice gun dock nearby, and Eggman just stops him. I want answers not excuses now get me an aircraft carrier hood just says look even if we had one you wouldn't be able to fly out of guns no fly zone over this base well and then orbot says the eggmobile has been totaled again too but eggman says it will be just enough so we open on a nice wide shot outside of knothole village in the wood zone of west side island now Wood Zone was a scrapped Sonic 2 zone that was supposed to be in that game and never existed. Uh, it was memed about for many years because there were screenshots and I think like a beta build of it or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, Sonic and Tails are casually walking through the forest. Sonic says, you know, that, that was nice. Tails saying, yeah, it was not whole, not our not whole, but yeah, it's close enough. If not whole can get a second chance, maybe we can too. So, let me ask something. Why did they not show Knothole? Uh, they will, for the record, they will, but I I would not have a guess. Maybe they just, uh, didn't have designs finalized or something like that. I don't think it was Sega saying, no, don't show it, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't show it. That feels a little weird. I feel like there could have been a really emotionally cathartic moment of just like them, like walking through the village and saying, yeah, oh my and just God. be, and just be, and just be like, it's not, it's like, it's, it's still here. Like it's, it's like it exists in this reality. Like what? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Sonic and tails try to figure out like where their next target's going to be as they come across uncle Chuck. Now, this is another caveat I need to talk about. So we talked about it at the top of the show. Family members to the main characters are not allowed to be seen or, you know, pointed to. However, Uncle Chuck is in an interesting situation because he is a character from Sat AM. However, he's been kind of recontextualized as kind of just a father figure to all the Freedom Fighters. So everyone just calls him Uncle Chuck. Which is, uh... I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of liked it when he was like Sonic's uncle, like exclusively. Yeah. Felt, felt very like, like personal, but it's cute regardless. Sonic giving him a big old hug. Thinking to himself, Sally's not a robot. Not all still standing. Uncle Chuck's still, still around. Maybe this new reality thing isn't so bad. Uh, Sonic crying a bit saying, you know, just happy to see you. Safe and sound. Cute. Very cute. Although Chuck says, uh, none of us will be if I don't get to the bottom of these weird tremors. I, I bet it's Eggman, too. He's been collecting samples of this weird energy that's been pouring out of the cracks, too. So Chuck asks if Nicole can help with analyzing the samples, but she's still bugged, which reminds them, hey, where's Antoine? Rotor said he was with you. Chuck says, yeah, he's been acting as bodyguard while me and the mutt are doing research. And on cue, Antoine walks in. He is perfectly fine. All dandy. Right behind him is Chuck's assistant. Sonic and Tails rush in, bear hug him. Very happy to see him not 
you know. So how, okay, so I guess we should talk about it. How do we feel about Antoine's new design? I think it works for him, personally. Yeah, I kind of did like the more, like, regal get-up to display, like, the knightly, like, 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 fencer, like, attire. But, like, something I do like about this version of Antoine is that he's not as cowardly, right? And he's not as afraid. He's a bit more raw, a bit more confident, a bit more with himself, right? Which, again, this points back to how all the characterization has been retained up to this point. Yeah, which is, you know, and this is without his memories, keep in mind, mm-hmm. right? So he's he's a different person, but a lot of the traits of his, you know, sort of like he's been hardened by battle and, and become a more confident person thanks to Bunny, right? So Antoine's just like, all right, hey, what what, what is all this? Sonny's just like, no, I'm just, I'm happy to see you again, is all. And uh, Chuck's assistant shouts him out too. And Tails, though, just is like, he, he can tell that you don't know who he is. But he just says, oh, what are you talking about? You forgot me, the mutt. Which leads Sonic to piece it together. This is Muttski, his pet dog from the old world, now a Mobian in this world. So I need to talk about the reaction to this. It's just the two of them with the most, like, wide eyes, are you for fucking real stare? And then looking at each other like, wait, are we actually witnessing this right now? Real? You know what it remi- Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Twitch TV emote, huh? I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen it? <laughs> the fucking, like, that a character from, like, Over the Hedge or whatever it yes! is. That's yes! The one. Yeah. Yes! Yes! It's, it's the same energy. It's the same energy, dude. I see that shit. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> yeah, so, um, <clears throat> by the way, uh, his full name is Ben Mutsky who was named in honor of Ben Hurst, the late writer of Sad AM. God rest his soul. After having a uh, e- extremely certified are you for fucking real moment, uh, Antoine asks why they're acting, uh, how you say, funky. Uh, Chuck speculating that they may have had a bad batch of chili dogs on the flight over. So they ask, uh, you know, you had business with Antoine, what's up? Uh, and Sonic says, hey, Let's get Uncle Chuck in on this, too. Tails, however, brings up a very good point. We're still testing the memory restoration on our teammates, who we're pretty sure can be restored. Chuck was a freedom fighter, but he was also gone for a long time as a roboticized slave. Right now, I don't think we should have too many variables or folks with scrambled memories. Hmm. That's a good point. And it's also because they clearly want the restored memories to be... uh, for only specific people. Yeah, Chuck uh, was a freedom fighter, but he was also gone for a long time as a roboticized slave. I don't even know if he could be restored. Let's let's just stick with it. Let's just stick the, with the ball. So they walk with Antoine. He asks him if he's there to give him another mission. But if that's true. I got to turn it down. Bodyguarding is boring work, but Chuck's work is important. So I am staying. Tail says, well, in that case, all we need from you, Antoine, is just brace yourself. Antoine says, what are you talking about? Why are you treating me like I'm a ghost? And then... And it hits. It hits. Antoine and experiences everything. His fear, his cowardice, his relationship with Buddy, and most importantly, the explosion that took most of his life and energy away. Antoine is completely fucked up by this. Falling over, having a borderline panic attack for a second, 
Sonic said, yeah, hurt, that's all. Bad, yeah, in a coma, sure, but you were alive and you were gonna recover. Sonic got you to the hospital just in time. Right, you're a fighter, you held on and, uh, please me, me. My thoughts, they are jumbled. Where is Bunny? How is my wife? Ooh, that was like the big one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck. Um, Holy fuck. So Antoine obviously survives in the new canon. We did talk about this in the uh, that special episode that we did that Ian did choose to make him, you know, to keep him to survive. But it was a serious contention in his mind to kill off Antoine for real, which is insane. The ramifications of that would have been nuts. Mm-hmm. All right. Welcome to Based Eggman time. After we have gone through PTSD, I hope you guys are ready for some fun because this section, oh, this section makes me so happy. I love this. So Eggman walks out of the Avalon base in a modified egg carrier. After being uh, originally broken down, it has now been modified into the Egg Walker from SA2, saying that those gun fools won't know what hit him. He's gotta get to the Death Egg as fast as possible, and if that means I've gotta go through gun to do it, so be it. As he jumps out of the forest onto a fucking goddamn gun base and just starts wrecking havoc this is weapons bed from sa2 (laughs) and we are getting to see it reenacted in real time baby ian you're based you're based ian it's so good it's so good he's just going to town having a fun time asking orbot and cubot to hop out of the egg walker and hijack a fucking jet plane as eggman commands the egg walker to self-destruct into a tower using a jetpack to hop inside of the jet plane sinking the ship and flying away saying and now you know why i am the best do you get why we were talking about why you should put game stuff in the comics because you get moments like these and they're just the coolest shit ever i love it eggman is so fun in this scene (laughs) it makes you forget how much of a maniacal dictator he is yeah, I think that's the... It's very funny you bring that up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yes. Um, but after our brief bit of uh, keto hype, uh, we must uh, return and ground ourselves back to um, more serious and pressing matters. Antoine is still uh, shook from the uh, two worlds uh, revelation and his memories uh, becoming jumbled. Sonic asking if you have any updates on Bunny's undercover mission. Nicole saying that she'll uh, check the Sky Patrol's mission log. Cole says that Nicole is getting better but can't access her hollow matrix, so the dimensional energy she's carrying will only be enough to restore the memories of two, maybe three people max. Then Nicole gives bad news. Bunny in this world went on a deep cover mission. Her last report said she's going into deeper cover, but missed her last check-in as well. But Antoine's determined to go find her along with Sonic and Tails. But then, a tremor hits. The ground cracks underneath them, along with Chuck and Mutsky. Sonic dives headfirst to save Chuck, Tails helping Mutsky up, but Chuck's research is falling further down. So he throws Chuck to Antoine, 
who's supporting himself with a tree root as Sonic goes down to grab Chuck's research. Antoine tells Tails, take Chuck up as well, I'll clear the way. As he jumps up and he kind of does like a homing attack kind of thing with his sword, slicing through a tree branch. Kino. Raw. And then he, no, no, he uses it to bounce off of the walls and make his way back to the top. This is absolutely my favorite thing about Reboot Antoine. Not only is he carrying his weight as a more confident person, but he's way more experienced in combat and takes that to a new level, and I love it. So Sonic goes for the research, grabs it, and is able to make it back up, but a stray rock comes hits one of the bulbs that was made, and Sonic inhales the dark gas. Antoine is there to, on the on the clutch, using his sword as a uh, as a as a sort of hold. Grabs Sonic, who is about to fall down. Sonic falling onto the floor, still coughing. And then a rather weird moment. Sonic starts growling and. Gaining fangs, huh? The gas, it looks like it's basically turning Sonic feral. But only for a second. He composes himself together and gets it back together. This is literally the most important thing that's going to happen in this reboot, by the way. (laughs) You know what's coming if you know. If you know, you know. (laughs) Chuck runs over asking what happened. Sonic saying that he basically lost a bit of the research and uh, inhaled... uh, some of the gas. Chuck asking, how much of that sample did you inhale? You should see a doctor immediately. We'll get you to knot hole. And why? To tell Doc that stuff? Smells nasty? I'm fine, Mom. And Chuck's saying, you know, I said you had more skill than sense. It's got me this far, hasn't it? True enough. Thank you, boys, for everything. Mutsky's a little sad that they lost a sample. But Chuck says that, you know, we'll just have to hope what's left will be enough to analyze. Chuck and Mutsky then go back to Nahol to see if all the villagers are safe. Then they're going to be flying off to Spagonia to analyze the samples. And again, Chuck says, go to a doctor, Sonic. As for Antoine, he'll stick with uh, Chuck and Mutsky for now. Telling tales, make sure Sonic gets to a doctor. Today showed that danger can strike at any time. And if Chuck's research can help stop the problem, he needs to be kept safe. So Sonic asks if he wants them to give a message to Bunny when they find her. Tell her... I'm fine, but I will not be whole without her by his side. Adorable. 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 Very cute. Finally, the last scene takes us to the Metropolis Zone. An egg army grunt telling Bunny, suit up before you're reported. And she puts on a helmet. Yeah, yeah. Glory to the Eggman Empire and all that jazz. That's the end of 254. We have a lot of good moments here. A lot of good. A lot of good. Even though it was pretty heart-wrenching seeing Antoine like that. But hey. Glad to see Antoine's okay and he was not killed off. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty hot. It's pretty hot. 255 is next. We will be going. Ian Flynn is writer and we have a new artist on board by the name of Jerry Gaylord. This is his only credit on Archie Sonic. My looking into him, most of the work he's done has been on Marvel Comics as well as some of the TMNT IDW comics. So very good art. Very good art if I do say so myself. Yeah, it's solid. It's solid. So we open in Metropolis Zone in the skies above West Side Island. Sonic and Tails riding in on the tornado. Saying, you know, hey, have we gotten any word from Bunny to Nicole? She's saying that they can't reach her and she's not called. Then it's like she's been lost, cover, and, you know, she's been captured. 
That leads Tails to tell T-Pup, put the tornado on a holding loop as Sonic and Tails skydive into Metropolis, getting caught in between security fire. They break through Egg Army grunts. Sonic tells Tails, you know the drill. We go in there, save Bunny, blah, blah. I've done this hero thing enough. But Sonic thinks to himself, how many times have I done this hero thing? Two worlds, two timelines, still getting hard to keep his head separate on what's what. But then they head into a command tower. Inside, they find a commander with his right hand locking down the tower so they can't escape. Sonic, though, doesn't really care. Here to find a friend. I don't want to smack you guys around, but we all know how this is going to work when I'm here, yeah? The commander does not care, ordering his grunts to attack. Then as the grunt punches the commander, conscious fade away. All he said is he knew that there was a spy. So this grunt goes to the comms saying that Sonic is locked in, get in firing positions. As she turns around, takes off the helmet, and it's Bunny, who still has her Robian parts in this world. If you remember from last time, she was de-roboticized, and yeah. Yeah. <sighs> There's going to be some drama about this. Either way, uh, she's happy to see them again, tells them that this commander was getting suspicious, so I had to go deeper undercover. I knew I was long past you on checking in, but all outgoing comms had to be closely monitored. Tails apologized for getting her cover blown, but she says she was fine. She was ghost getting what she wanted anyway. Alright, so they recap. Bunny's all good now. Antoine's with Chuck going to Spagonia. Rotor's finishing up the Sky Patrol, and Cole is doing better, but still not great. Sally's still on her mission on the Death Egg, and we still don't know where Amy is. Oh yeah, by the way, Spagonia name drop. Yo, where the fuck Professor Pickle at? Where's my boy? Where's my goat? Where's the king? I need him. I need him. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Bunny's plan was to steal the shield generator that these guys were making for the Death Egg and use for the Sky Patrol. This place is mostly a research and development base. However, it's locked down, so Sonic's usual plan of hit hard and fast probably won't make it out here. But Sonic notices something. Bunny's arm. Herobian arm. He thought it was part of her disguise, but... Looks like she still is partially roboticized. Bunny says, like, well, yeah, what what are you talking about? I've been like this for years. You know that. So then Sonic tells Nicole, huddle. Sonic recalls, in this world, Chuck saved her when Eggman first attacked. They want to do the memory restoration on Bunny here and now, but Nicole thinks it's probably best to do it later when we're out of harm's way. And then at that moment, the grunts outside are wanting to move in. Bunny tries to disengage them, but they demand to push in. So now the three are surrounded by Egg Army troops waiting on the wings. Meanwhile, in the Egg Army base in Artica, Eggman in his crashed jetliner finds the base and uh, talks to the Egg Boss, Tundra. And Tundra asks, is this a test? That depends. Do you have my transport to the Death Egg ready as I requested? Ready and waiting, sire. Then yes, this was a test and you just passed. The autopilot is set for the death egg. Eggman boards saying that he's done well and asks him to get back to work. Eggman in his sleigh, you know, looking like Father Christmas himself, rides happy that he's almost home. Orbot mentions that he seems awfully familiar with that egg boss. Eggman commenting that a timeline to which we're adjusting, whether we want to or not, I suspect that before long, this reality... My new history will take permanent hold. Cubot asking, what's going to happen to us then? You were at the epicenter of the reality shift with me, so I assume your programming may be rewriting itself as we speak. So that's why you've been pushing so hard to get home. Figuring out these dual memories must be tough. Eggman says he can sift out the details just fine. His real concern is the readings he took in Africa, and oh, it may already be. 
too late. Meanwhile, Bunny and Sonic are blazing through the Egg Army grunts, making their way to the research vault by jumping out a window as the commander wakes up, alerting the grunts on Sonic's actions. And as they go through the Metropolis Zone, Sonic Sonic and Bunny are smashing badniks along the way and arrive to this giant gear-looking door. Bunny says that this is the research vault. Tails, however, knocked out the commander again to take control of the door, and he opens it for Sonic and Bunny. But then another earthquake hits. This leads Tails to get out of there, taking the commander with him to safety as the building collapses. So Bunny decides to take the shield generator, some kind of mad lock kind of psychokinesis barrier with her, as Sonic just leads her out. Then when they leave, another explosion causes a way for them to escape, so they fly up and out to the tornado. Tails is there waiting for them. Sonic whispers to himself that this seems disturbingly familiar. Bunny tries to see what he means, but he just says, well, I I meant these quakes. They're like what they were in the wood zone. Maybe Eggman could be behind them? Sonic thinks that Eggman isn't crazy enough to endanger his own bases like that, but he remembers when Eggman interrupted his super chaos control trying to fix the world and then says, no, actually, he is that crazy. No, never mind. They then make their way back to the Sky Patrol. They meet Antoine on board, says he met Chuck and escorted him to a Spagonia, but returned as soon as they arrived. He really, really needed to see Bunny again. So now it's time. Time for Bunny to have her memories restored. Antoine says to Sonic, this is also why he came back. I wanted to help her through it. Bunny thinks everyone's freaking out. You guys are acting real weird. So Antoine just gives her Nicole's handheld to start the process. And it hits. Oh, God. Bunny remembers her wedding to Antoine. Antoine's fall and uh, sacrifice, the friendship with Sally, and her de-robotization as she simply holds Antoine, crying, looking at the ring on her finger. Sonic walking away as she she can't mentally handle the fact that she fucking ran away from Antoine. Like, it's so fucked, dude! There's no words! There's no words, bro! Ouchies. That's my words. Ouchies. Pain. Sonic turns to Nicole, asks, Are you feeling any better? She says yes, and then projects her hollow matrix, saying all that's left is to unscramble the database. I really wish it didn't come at the cost of torturing my friends, though. At any point, Nicole sees that she doesn't have much leftover energy from the Genesis Wave. So, it's come to- we have to restore either Sally or Amy. Sonic just says we'll have to cross that bridge when we get to it. He then tells Nicole to try to get in touch with Sally. No more doom and gloom. And as for Amy, wherever she is, we'll- we'll find her. Meanwhile, aboard the Death Egg, Eggman walks into the command room. After a good night's rest and a nice change of clothes, he is ready to go. Orbot and Cubot, give me that fast status report, boys. Orbot says Metropolis Zone sustained heavy damage after a tremor hit and a shield generator was stolen by the Freedom Fighters. Even more bad news, an escape pod launched a couple hours ago. Security caught this image too of Sally Acorn no longer roboticized. Eggman thought, yeah, okay. Send Metal Sonic after her. Sonic doesn't get to see her again alive. Ah, there he is. Yep, and we're back. We're back. We're back. So, before we end the arc, we are going to take a nice detour. 
we will we will leave you on a little cliffhanger into Sonic Universe number fifty five. A rather interesting diversion as we enter a pirate themed arc. Oh yeah, and I don't know which one it is, but there is a variant cover of one of these uh, covers in the arc where they just redrew the first cover of One Piece. What? Yeah. If I can find it, it's going to be up on the green screen. I see it. Yeah. It's the uh it's the post time skip cover. Wow. That's that's adorable. That's so cute. I love that so much. I wish I could get that as a poster. That's real cute. I love it. Yeah, that's great. That's that's a that's a really really beautiful little reference. All right. Issue 55. Tracy Yardley both wrote and did the art. So, let's see what you got. All right, we open on a monologue from none other than Blaze. Blaze the cat content, let's go! Blaze Arc, Blaze Arc, Blaze Arc. My name is Blaze. I am the guardian of the Soul Emeralds. For some time now, they have been scattered across my world. It is my duty and burden to protect them. I have scoured my world and others in my search for them. Only one remains to be found. We now cut to Marine yelling at a bunch of koalas to uh, load the guns and uh, reload them. Uh, we got to take down these uh, pirate opponents. Not long ago, however, I was abducted by evil from another world and forced to do their bidding, which is the world's collide event. So this is interesting blaze remembers what happened why i'm gonna talk about that later just understand for now guys blaze has clear and vivid memories of worlds collide and also the previous canon interesting marine is being marine and just being lame as fuck oh by the way but my friends rescued me and now somehow three of them were transported back to my world with memories of their home world in a fog Cut to Amy Rose and Cream the Rabbit, along with Cheese, of course, fighting on behalf of Blaze to take down the opposing pirate ship. In the weeks since we returned, they helped me track down the last Soul Emerald to this location. I'm grateful for my friend's help, but the Soul Emeralds are my burden. I will not see others hurt in helping me with my duty, but I admit their company is a comfort, and I sense they are meant to be here, almost as if they were called here by the Soul Emeralds. The last of which is calling to me. It is in the hands of those black guard pirates. If I fail to retrieve the last soul emerald, my world will fall. Excellent. Okay, so that's our setup. They're taking bombardment from this unseen ship. Everyone's on board scrambling to fight back. But there's a situation here. Blaine's asks Marine, move the ship closer to theirs. She wants to board it, melt it. And get the Soul Emerald back herself. Marine says, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Jesus fucking Christ, lady. Cream at least offers to go along with her, but Blaze yells at her, saying, this is my responsibility. I must do it myself. Amy then tackles Blaze to get out of the path of a cannonball, which makes Blaze realize that her losing her temple is creating danger for everyone. Now, we've talked a lot about how Blaze was characterized and how she was trying to be placed into the comic world while also basically trying to do her game arc. This is kind of like we're, we're at the end of that arc of blaze's character right now where she's kind of realized now that hey i can't do this whole lone wolf shit i really do need the help of others but she kind of still needs to get that fully in her head i think it's a nice touch yeah i i i think that they need to um they're clearly trying to address some of uh, blaze's game arc in this uh they need to uh really uh double down on it 
So I need to see some some interesting stuff here. So finally, the one of the koalas on board tells Marine that this is some really dodgy cannon fire. It looks like bombs than regular cannonballs. Amy says that it's weird, but familiar, as she lobs the bombs back to sender. Marine prepares her cannon on to fire onto the ship attacking them, but it responds by pulling out a turret and fires several bombs at once. Blaze tries to destroy them by igniting them on their path. Mostly works, but one lit bomb lands near Amy and Marine, leading her to launch it off the ship with her Pico Hammer. With the energy, sh- with the enemy ship out of ammo, Blaze takes the opportunity to launch herself to that ship to find the Soul Emerald, having the crew fire ammo as distraction as she does so. As Blaze heads off, Marine has an idea and asks Amy and Cream to follow her. As uh, in response to that. Amy and Cream have a back and forth. Miss Amy? Yes, Cream? I'm scared. Me too. We're all scared. So, Blaze uses her fire to jet over to the uh, edge of the ship, getting up, saying, I can melt a hole in the hole, but that would for sure sink the ship. Diving for the emerald, the sunken wreck would be too dangerous. Better you stealthified it first, then sink the ship. Surely no one aboard is deserving of any mercy. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> Mine, purper pyrotechnic princessin welcome in bienvenue welcome come on in beam the dynamite is here and he survived he survived the transition thank you, we God. get to see me thank you thank you thank you ian i love you so much he's so based <laughs> Bean follows her below deck. She asks, you know, if he's here, is your other friend here too? I wonder if that horrible trio of birds will show up as well. Bean doesn't know. Haven't seen Snacklefish McSteely grab either. He's talking about Knack, for the record. Marine's idea, she wants to fire explosive rockets from the cannon. Blaze wanted a distraction? Let's give her one. One of the crew says, I... I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. But Marine just cuts him off saying, yeah, you don't think. You follow orders. Get a move on. Bro. <laughs> the best part is that Amy's just like, Cream, let's just move over here, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> let's go to where it's safe. Marine calls for a fire uh, as they pull the, the light. And uh, Marine says, huh, must have been a dud. As the uh, explosive just explodes off screen as we cut uh, aboard the enemy vessel. Yes, we inside see two robots going by the name of Swash and Buckle talking to their unseen captain. A fire trail and a stowaway was found, leading the captain to ask to be put on loudspeaker. And also we see Bark there as well. He's kind of acting like a butler to the captain. Below deck, Blaze asks Bean how he arrived to her world. Says, I got no idea. All I know is me and Bark were having a good old time, little adventure, until I just realized I was here. I don't know, man. Jeez. They were in the middle of a vast world of water. Would it kill you guys to get a continent or two? Jesus. The captain (laughs) begins to talk over the loudspeaker. I'm assuming that this uninvited guest of ours is Princess Blaze. Please come aboard deck, lest I blow your ship out of the water. Blaze then asks Bean, you know, seeing as you've got a penchant for shiny objects, did the captain happen to have a shiny gem with him? Oi vey, bubble, don't even get me started. You mean like that shiny, big, shiny red, shiny jewel that the captain keeps on him at all times and is impossible to get a hold of? Not that I've tried. Uh, God, I love him. Love him. I love him. I love him. Blaze then sees that she's starting to be hunted 
dives with Bean to hide behind some barrels, says that if he helps her, I'll help you save his friend before I sink this ship of pirate scum. Of which he takes, he takes great offense to this. Why, fierce, fiery, Felicia, I will not have you talk about my shitmakes like that. Blaze just says, wait, 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 huh? What are you talking about here? What do you mean, what am I talking about? The last time you met me, I was hanging out with a bounty hunting assassin. Why wouldn't I be on the side of the pirates? Which leads him to give up Blaze's location, as she responds by melting the pirate robots. Finally, on the ocean tornado, that one rocket blew up while in the cannon, so now it's destroyed. Marine took the explosion full on. They just say that everything hurts. And then, one of the crewmates says that they were hit below the waterline, and were taken on more water than we can pump it out. Alright, sick, epic. This leaves Cream to suggest something. Why not just ram the other ship? That's what Sonic would do, right? And Amy says, yeah, I think Sonic would go down fighting, which is a hell of a thing to say. Honestly, that's it's like, okay, I like that Cream has a little bit of confidence. She got a little bit of moxie. Hey, you know, hey. I'm a uh, uh, big fan of that. Always, always a fan of Cream doing that shit. Then on the enemy ship, Blaze realized it was Bean's bombs that were being lobbed at them. Bean obviously doesn't even argue with that. Tar's gotta earn his biscuit and grog somehow, eh? Bean says his job otherwise is to shine the metal on the ship, which, you know, the whole ship is made of metal, so, you know, hey, even the ship's captain is named Captain Metal, too. Hey, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Metal, over the loudspeaker, tells Blaze, time is up. I will fire on your ship in three seconds, leading her to come to deck with Bean. All right, all right, hold your fire. Then Blaze makes an offer. Give me the soul emerald you have. And I will spare you and his crew. Bean says it's a good offer. Go with number two, though. The captain makes a counteroffer, pulls out a laser cannon pointed at the ocean tornado, which makes Amy tell Cream we have to find cover. Blaze is upset. You said if I gave myself up, you'd spare them. Captain Metal responds, I lied. Amy tells Marine that Cream has the right idea. That gun does not look like it's for show, man. Leading Captain Metal, orders to fire. And it goes right through the ocean tornado. Blaze drops to her knees to the sight of the ship being destroyed. Bean says, ooh, ooh, that was a good explosion. But you might have hurt the cat lady's feelings by blowing her friends to smithereens. Cat Metal says, I'm sorry to do it, but you gave yourself up after I finished the countdown. Cat's got to keep his word and his strict discipline. It's my duty. And that word, duty, rings in Blaze's head. Heat and fire surround her. Her duty is to protect the Soul Emeralds, of which you have the last. Either you give it to me, or I take it from your charred remains. Either way, you will burn. She launches a flamethrower, knocked out butt. She's knocked over the head by Swash, and she's knocked out cold. Cat Metal says he was given a second lease on life, and won't let it end so soon. I have grand plans for this and the other six Soul Emeralds you hold. And this is where he fully reveals himself. Captain Metal, a rebuilt Metal Sonic. I want to bring this up. Isn't this the Metal Sonic that was in this world? Yep, the one that was destroyed by Shadow back in Universe Issue 1. Absolutely correct. Which, again, I'm going to say, we'll talk about it in a second, but Blaze and her world were unaffected by the Genesis Wave. Just leave it at that. 
interesting. That was the end of that issue. We'll go on to Sonic Universe 56. Again, Tracy Yardley, both writing and doing the art. Blaze has been taken prisoner by Captain Metal. He's being brought out to their hideout in a cage. Little despondent after seeing her ship and friends go down. Blaze tries to melt the bars to escape, but she's caught by... Bean trying to roast a marshmallow from her fire. <laughs> uh, he says Bark likes him burnt. Uh, Captain Metal says, oh, you won't be melting those bars anytime soon. Your cage is made from tugs and carbonite. Metallurgy is a bit of a hobby of mine. Okay, well, what's to stop me from blasting through anyway? Leaving Metal to order Buckle to hit the bars with an electric baton. That's what's stopping her. Blaze says, all right, fine, I'll wait in this cage, but my friends will be avenged. As we see in the middle of the ocean, the crate carrying the rockets Marine was using just floating in the water. As the top is broken open by Amy, Marine and Cream and Cheese were inside. Fortunately, this will not stay afloat for long. They're starting to take on water. Cream says she can't really swim and Marine's starting to panic. We're beyond the black stuff with no boat water, nothing. We're doomed as just, I think Amy does what we all want to do with this fucking character. Just grabs And just grabs her and says, Marine... Stop talking now! <sighs> Marine composes herself, says, Look, yes, I know you and Cream were called by the Soul Emerald, so Marine gets her resolve back. As soon as they see some fins uh, poking out of the water and panics, thinking that they're sharks. But Amy goes in to smack them, but they jump out of the water. And they're actually dolphins. They're willing to take them to where they need to go. Marine says, oh, yeah, they were, to I knew they were dolphins. Yeah, totally. Sure. Yeah, I just wanted to freak you guys out a little bit. Ha 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 I understand that the point of the character is to be insufferable, but God, she's annoying. So also, Cheese communicates with the dolphins and says that they saw Blaze get taken to the pirate's island. So they'll take you there directly. Meanwhile, Blaze still being carded by Captain Metal's crew, all saying that he's got big plans for her and the emeralds and do you on your best to be on his good side he's cut the head off other pirates who came into his territory as they walk through a graveyard of sorts with robot pirate heads on stakes and they're still functioning blaze angrily says yeah uh-huh sure and by the way this guy is kind of familiar who is captain metal anyway so swash and buckle tell the tale a robot doctor named Dr. Racketurn was doing rounds looking for robots who needed repair. He, uh, he never came back, but Metal took his ship and challenged their last captain, Boltbeard, and upgraded himself with his parts. Wow. Okay. So Metal Sonic killed a man, challenged a, a, rob a robot pirate, took his parts, hijacked his ship and crew... And started a war against the world. Sick. That's pretty fucking sick. <laughs> the robots even say, we follow Cat Metal because we know what's good for us. Blaze says, well, okay, this guy's a monster. The sooner I defeat him, the better. All the while, Bean gave Blaze a smoothie Bark made for her. And uh, she just takes it and sips it. <laughs> She's just like, oh, I can't fucking deal with this guy. I might as well just enjoy something. <laughs> Meanwhile, Amy, Cream, and Marine are dropped off on the pirate's island. When Amy sees the metallic trees, she asks, are you sure there's no Dr. Eggman on this world? Marine says that they ran into him once before when Sonic and Tails were here, but we have not seen him since. They head into the jungle. Cream asks how they can stay safe from the robots that are here. Amy just says, look, we gotta handle one thing at a time, okay? As unknowns to them, little, little robots start to follow them. 
But then these said robots uh, grab Marine and hoist them over her head. Amy begins to swat at them, but they're swarmed. And Amy just realizes that they're only repeating the words help and fire cat. So she thinks they're trying to lead them to Blaze. So they play along. Uh, meanwhile, inside Cat and Metal's chambers, he reveals that his plan for the Soul Emeralds is to use them to power an engine of destruction, the likes of which this world has never even seen before. But Blaze, in her anger, says, I'm the only one capable of commanding the Soul Emeralds. But Metal says, oh, no, 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 you are wrong, dear little princess. As outside, Amy Cream and Marine are brought to the little robot's chieftain. He says that their tribe are called the Sprockets. The robot pirates have been hunting and scrapping us. They want to help save this fire cat. They create a ladder with their bodies for the three to scale up the wall into the pirates' hideout. Inside, they see Captain Metal telling Blaze that this engine he came across is not of this world. It just appeared here out of the blue. And inside of it, it seems the normal rules of time and space don't apply. In there, I can command the power of the Soul Emeralds and become the master of the sea and the skies and even new worlds. As Amy, Cream, and Marine reach the top, as Blaze in her cage reaches the top, they view me engine of destruction, me chariot of conquest, behold the egg of war! Which is a repurposed wily egg! Oh wow! Oh, oh wow! So, uh, yeah! <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that the effects of the crossover are still being felt, which, truth be told, that's what's gonna happen for a good majority of the arc moving forward. But yeah, really, like, I'm kind of surprised how willing, I guess, Sega was was willing to use the elements of uh, Worlds Collide in the main book, I guess. I don't know, I'm very intrigued by it. We we end off with Amy looking where Blaze is, asks Cream to fly her to the cage as Marine points out Captain Metal. Blaze looks on at her friends coming toward her. She's happy to see them alive, but asks them where Marine is. The three the three look down to the floor as she is confronting Captain Metal face to face for sinking the ocean tornado. Holy shit, she's a fucking idiot. She is uh stupid by all means. Uh, making a a long and elaborate speech as a very key point being made here. Captain Metal puts down the Soul Emerald, gets up, and prepares to plug walk his way down the stairs uh, as Marine is saved by Cream flying in. That leads Metal to ask Buckle open the platform below and let Blaze and her friends share her end by planning to drop her cage into a tank with the robotic Kraken. This leads Blaze and Amy to destroy the cage. Blaze tries to melt the bars, with Metal saying to drop the cage just before they break free. All because he still needs to get the other six soul emeralds. And he looks over and sees his red one was swiped out from under him. As he looks forward and beat and bark are attempting to dip. Sorry, Bob, afraid we'll have to give notice. We'll just take this shiny in lieu of severance pay. I'm sure we can expect a shining letter of recommendation. <laughs> yep. The story ends with Bean and Bark running away with the Soul Emerald as Blaze tries to escape her cage and the jaws of a robot Kraken. Okay, things are things are heating up. I'm a fan of this. I like this so far. 
I am I am having a lot of fun, and it's because of several reasons. I like that Blaze. I like that all the characters that are being introduced are having an effect. I like that. I say I like that Beaton Parker here. I think the idea of Captain Metal is raw. I'm I'm really into this. I'm having a great time. And you know, want to know what's even crazier? Want to know what's even crazier? This is a much better executed story than the Babylon Rogue spinoff arc that we got. And you want to know why? Because there's a focus. Good job, Tracy. You're you're showing up. Good job. See, I can recognize the improvement. If I don't like something, I will say it. But I can also recognize when there's an improvement. So this is really good so far. It's just fun. All right. Now, Sonic Universe 57, Tracy Yardley writing and doing the art. Now, Metal orders his pirates to catch the thieves. New gold plating for whoever does. Bark is hightailing with beans, soul emerald in hand, saying, you can't catch us, the emerald's all ours. As someone swoops in to take it from his hands, the robot pirate Johnny from Rush Adventure. What the fuck? Johnny's here now? Okay. He even mentions Captain Whisker. What the hell? What is happening? What is happening? Why are these characters here? Blaze uh, will not let him go. Tells Amy, smash at the bars. She does. They're broken. And before she's caught in the Kraken's tentacles, she sends a 360 wave of fire. Launches herself up to Amy, Cream, and Marine. Follow Johnny before he gets that emerald back to Captain Whisker. Metal is about to fire on her. It's too late to have all his plans upended like this. As the Sprocket Chief jumps down onto his hat to distract them. Also, the two mutineers blew a hole in the wall and ran off, so says another guy. Metal responds by slashing at his head, telling him to find them and kill them. Metal also tells Swash and Bluckle, ready the submarine. But they say it's in dry dock, still getting the barnacle scraped off. Metal just says, get it in the water before I cut out your hard drives. And also, time to release the Kraken. So, Blaze, Cream, Amy, and Marine rush after Johnny, trying to figure out what's going on. A brief recap is had. Amy asking, why are there so many pirates? Uh, Most of this planet is ocean. Lawless and wild. When I have the soul emeralds, I will send you and Cream home, and then I'll use the emeralds' power to end all this hideous piracy. One piece moment. Yeah, one piece moment. I don't. I don't know how I feel about this because uh, Blaze is being the world government right now. Kind of cringe. But maybe. But maybe the definition of pirates here is a little bit different compared to uh, you know uh, pirates in uh, in other media because mm. most of these pirates seem very. They don't really seem to have a moral compass. Let's say. Yeah. Unfortunately, Cream is tiring down and Amy is slowing Blaze down as well. Blaze insists she should just go off alone to chase Johnny, but she doesn't want to leave them alone to fend themselves off on a pirate island, which I want to comment. Very good character development. Blaze, I think, in another time, would just go chase off Johnny without even mentioning that. But hey, we're seeing the development. Good. Once they touch ground, Marine thinks of a way to chase after Johnny. Hey, why don't we just steal Metal's pirate ship? They sank my ship, so by right, that makes my ship mine. Blaze kind of says, Marine, can you please, like, get back from that high cliff, please? Maybe ask Blaze, like, what, are you afraid of heights or something? No, no, I'm not, I'm not afraid. They just make me uneasy. Yeah. Cream commenting. I get scared of the dark sometimes, Miss Blaze. I don't suppose you need a nightlight, though. Do you? I am not afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is very cute. I like that. I like that. See, it's like, it's even little things like that that open Blaze up more that like shows like how far she's come. Yeah. 
leading Blaze to lead the way by jumping down with the others onto the ship. Marine orders the robot crew aboard to set sail, but obviously they refuse to listen to her, but after Amy smashes through some of the robots, they start listening out of fear. Now out at sea, Johnny returns to Captain Whisker's side, hands him the soul emerald, saying I got it right out of Captain Metal's nose. Then his two aides, uh, Mim and Mum, say, you know, sucks he's got to give it to the boss, but he says that Dr. Nega has it under his thumb, and once they get it out of his thumb, I'll get his comeuppance. It's interesting that uh, who is Eggman Nega in this world is being name-dropped, but still is not being seen. Hmm. Will Nega return? Jeez, I don't know what's going on here. I, I, I genuinely don't. don't. I, I don't know either. Now, Johnny calls out a sail. It's Captain Metal's ship, but it looks out Blaze and Marine have taken command of it. Whiskers says for Johnny to get into battle position. While Marine sets up the ship for battle, from below deck comes out Bean, wearing a pretty ornate captain's hat. Marine says, what are you and Bark doing here? All the way out here anyway. He says that they were looting the place before Marine got here, so Bean argues he's captained by rights of finders keepers. (laughs) (laughs) Then Bean goes into Victorian era hysterics, saying that the shiny loot in the hold below is the only thing that can assuage my heartbreak over losing. The shiny, alas for my beauty, lost and a ripped from my bosom upon the kindling of her love. Torn from my embrace, my fiend from the pit. I shall find ye. I will captain this vessel to the end of the planet. <laughs> you, it, do, you, do, do you remember that one uh, Jimmy Neutron episode where Bulby gives the Shakespearean monologue? That music yes, is playing yeah, in my it's, head. It's the, it's the same vibe, dude. No, I, I can't. I, it's, he's so good. Oh my god, like. He he's just uh love this boy. Love this boy. Love this boy. Alright, so Marina's pissed. I'm the captain of this barky. Uh Captain's hat? Hello? <laughs> to which Blaze burns it off. <laughs> she just says she tells Amy, keep these guys near you so I can send them home with you guys too. As Marine and Whisker prepare their weapons to fire, the Kraken pops up between the ships. But despite that, Marine and Whisker order the fire, and both their ammo hits both sides of the Kraken. And now both ships are trying to fight it off, except for Johnny. He's trying to run away, and uh, they're not doing much damage to it. Cream then asks Bean if he can help out, since you can make bombs. He says, yeah, you know, I could, but I still want to be captain, so... mm." Then Blaze, in desperation, says, Okay, fine, sure, you're captain now. Leading Bean to create a boulder-sized bomb that he can't lift up. Leading Bark to take it and chuck it into the Kraken's mouth, and it is blown away. The knockback throws Whiskers off his ship, and he loses grip of the emerald. It's almost falling into the ocean, but then a metal hand pops out from under the water to grab it. Captain Metal, soul emerald back in his possession. Everyone is pissed now, but Metal says, A-A-A, no need to be so crabby. You can leave this to me. As he comes up from the sub, revealing his lower half of body has been replaced with the body of a robot lobster. Very weird, but okay, I'm playing along. All right, well, welcome to the final issue 
on this arc. Issue 58, Tracy Arley writing and doing the art. Blaze goes in to fight Cat and Metal face to face, creating a sword out of her fire to engage. Blaze tries to tell him that if all seven emeralds are not reunited, this world will crumble. Look at this storm. Soon there will be nothing left for you to plunder. But he doesn't care. His ego war will be capable of taking him to other worlds. He grabs Blaze's tail with his claw hand, slams her down, and electrocutes her. To take her to the Ego War. Just as Captain Whisker tries to board Marine's ship, Amy asking Bean and Bark to fight with them. That's when Marine notices Blaze being kidnapped. She tells Amy and Cream to go chase after her. She'll be fine to fight with Bean and Bark, just, just go. And orders Bean and Bark to fight and push back the pirates on all sides. We then move inside the Ego War. Captain Metal has took Blaze up to the engine along with the Red Soul Emerald, and it's powering up. Captain Metal says that they both may be abominations not meant for this reality, but here we are, nonetheless. The Soul Emerald has charged the Egg of War, and it launches into the skies. Johnny says he does not like the look of that thing, so Whisker orders a retreat, and gives Captain Marine a little parting shot, firing a rocket into the hull of her ship, and it starts to tread water. Oh man, that's the second ship she lost this week. Sad. Bean managed to chase off Metal's crew so they can at least commandeer the sub. Metal noticed that Whisker turned tail, so he's starting to drain Blaze of the Soul Emerald's power. And she just asks, like, why are you doing all this, man? As Cream flies in, just calls Captain Metal, big meanie, upon realizing that he's got stowaways and Blaze's friends have poor manners. Amy comes in to smash Blaze's hold and freeze her. Cream distracts Metal by drapping his cape over his head. Amy smacks at him. Cream begins to entangle him with cables and do manage to hold him down. But when Amy's back is turned, Metal tries to grasp her with his claw, but Blaze pushes out a flamethrower to stop him. Metal throws Amy back, saying he will scrape the flesh off her bones for ruining his plans. But then a large wall of fire hits Metal's claw hand and it's melted. Metal freaks out at the sight. Of what he's seeing. Burning Blaze! Let's go! Having used the seven soul emeralds to transform into her super form, Burning Blaze. Big fan of this. Big fan of this. This is the first time Burning Blaze has been shown in the comics. Fun fact. Although we did see it in the, uh, the complete encyclopedia, so, you know. Metal says it's not over. His Ego War is still powered up so he can fight. But Blaze says no. All you can do is burn. And douses him in fire leaving him nothing more than melted metal. Amy and Cream are uh, pretty surprised to see how Blaze does not mess around. But then they hear a voice over the intercom. The voice of Captain Metal says he downloaded his programming wirelessly into the Ego Wars command unit. So now he is the Ego War, and he will move to destroy Blaze's world and move on to others to destroy them. Blaze, though, not having that. Amy and Cream, get out of here, and I'm gonna fry this Ego War. They leave outside of an escape hatch as Blaze begins to create fire around herself, bringing the internal temperature of the Ego War to dangerous levels, and does a burning fire boost to destroy the core of the Ego War. Metal taunts Blaze as she flies outside of it. You can't win. You can't beat me. Blaze, is, she doesn't care. She just straight up Kamehameha's with, with fire and just sinks the goddamn thing, flying away. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Blaze flies back to everyone. They're all safe on Metal Submarine. As Blaze depowers, the Soul Emeralds are returned in Union, meaning my world is safe from catastrophe. As for Bean and Bark, Blaze says, I don't necessarily approve of your mercenary ways, but you did play a part in bringing your Soul Emeralds back together, so thank you. Her memories of their world are actually pretty fuzzy and vague, but 
She recalls the last time that she was on their world, there was a connection made with the emerald that she was looking for. So the soul emeralds do have a will of their own. So I think you guys were summoned here to help me fight Cat and Metal. And now my quest is finally ended. Amy says after all this, Blaze deserves a vacation. But she says, well, no rest for the Riri. I still got problems to fix here on this world. This leads Blaze to think Amy must have some work to do on your home as well. Amy kind of thinks so, but she doesn't feel like the world will be the same as she remembers it. So, <laughs> Amy says, well, how do we get home? Blaze says the Soul Emeralds brought you here, then they can bring you back. Leading Blaze to create a rainbow-colored fire, wrapping it around Amy, cream and cheese, and bean and bark, saying you guys are going home. And once they're gone, Maureen starts crying her eyes out. She says she misses them already. Adorable. However, the story ends at the bottom of the sea, the destroyed Egowar's eye turns back on. As the four return home, they see Mobotropolis, but Amy thinks this is weird. Things seem different somehow. I think we gotta find Sonic. And that's the end of this universe arc. That's the end of issue 58. That was a great arc. I'm a big fan of yeah, that. Yeah, it's really fun. I think a lot of the reason that it's really fun is because of Bark and Bean. Um, obviously, you know, I think the writing and the dialogue in general is great. The in-universe writing that everyone finds Marine annoying as shit is great. Yeah, that's, Very funny. that's really great. I love that bit. Overall, it was, it was good. Uh, it was really fun. It was uplifting. It was cute. And it also uh, puts a little bow on Blaze's arc throughout this whole comet as since she's appeared, really. So, great. Big fan. Yep. All right. It's time. Our final comic today. <sighs> Sonic the Hedgehog, issue 256, featuring Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We open right off when Blaze sent Amy, Cream and Cheese, and Bean and Bark back from her world to West Side Island Mobotropolis. Amy comments that she thinks Sonic better have missed her. Better have. Cream worries that her mom will be worried for her, but Amy says we'll find her and we can tell her about our adventures over tea, you know, like always. And, and Bean wants to join them, says he wants some scones. As we instantly are dragged into the action, two colliding forces hitting each other, uh, one flying in one direction, one being Princess Sally in an escape pod, using some very interesting blades of energy, almost like they were ripped from her ro robot form, to get out of the escape pod. Amy's surprised at seeing Sally. Sally's saying, oh, thank goodness, I didn't think my distress signal got out. Metal Song's right on my tail as he appears, ready to fucking kill. Oh, yes. Amy and Sally both fight Metal Sonic as Cream asks Bean and Bark for their help. Bean asks, well, how much money you got on you? We only do one pro bono per visit. Plus, I kind of think we're wanted criminals here. So goodbye. Bye-bye. Cheese then tries to distract Metal Sonic, but they don't do much. Amy goes in for a smash hit with Metal defending itself with a Black Shield Matrix. This leads Sally to ask, where are you guys? Where did everyone go? Aren't you supposed to be guarding the Sky Patrol? She says that she was, but she and Cream were summoned to Blaze's world and we just got back. We didn't even know that you sent out a message. So it's just them, leaving Sally, Amy, along with Cream and Cheese to rush metal. 
She's bonks Metal's head. Amy smashes him down. Sally stabs Metal in the back with her energy blaze, but Metal's not deterred. Throws him off with the offensive Matrix as the Mobotropolis Royal Guard comes in to fight with Sally. But obviously Metal curb stops them, the leader of the guard, saying that she's sorry for not being able to do more. Sally says it's fine. That thing can give Sonic a run for his money. <laughs> Honestly, you're lucky to be alive. Damn, okay. Okay, real, real though, real, real, real. Sally again tells Amy, sent out a distress signal to the Sky Patrol, so if backup was coming, it would have been here by now. And on cue from above, Sonic jumps off the tornado, bounce attacks Metal, and does his usual show boasting. I can kick your- and then he kicks Metal's head, hey buddy, you want to race? And then the two get up and run off. Amy is a little pissed that we did all the work and Sonic gets all the glory, but Sally says, yeah, look, what's important now is that Metal got out of the city. People first, glory second. Sonic is then seen racing Metal outside the city. Metal says his damage is minimal and he can still fight, but Sonic says that you're just a distraction for Tails to get a lock on with his missiles, leading Metal to get scrapped. Only saying that he will surpass Sonic as he's exactly destroyed there. Sonic just goes, yeah, 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 keep telling yourself. Crawl back to Eggman. I got bigger fish to fry right now. Sonic then comes back to Tails. We gotta get back to the city. This leads Sonic to rush back to Sally, tackling her in a hug. Tears in his eyes. He's really happy. Really happy to see her safe. You know, nothing's going on here. Just, you know, you look great, Sally. Amy then is just a... <laughs> Sonic says, oh, y you know I was worried about you too. Where were you all this time? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, Blaze says hi. Sonic just goes... Oh yeah, no figure. The Genesis Wave screwed up and sent you to Blaze's world. No figure. As Amy's just like, wait, what, what do you mean Genesis Wave? What are you talking about? Sally says Sonic has made a lot less sense than usual. Sonic says, look, there's nothing to worry about. Amy's home. You're not a robot. We got to get back to the Sky Patrol. Not, not a robot? What are you talking about? But first, let's go check in on the king. Then... We have a little panel. Sally is giving her dad a hug as the team fly off to the Sky Patrol in Sumerica. Sally congratulates Rotor. Job well done. He says it was a labor of love to put it all together. And um, speaking of putting things together. Ha ha ha. Uh, long story, Sal. You'll get up to date pretty quick. Uh, Nicole, do you think you can restore... Them both? Maybe. I'll have to share the circuit board with them simultaneously. After that, the Genesis Wave energy will be set. Quick! Amy, Sal, story time before we try to save the world. Save the world? Uh, what's gone wrong now? Sonic quickly explains, uh, everything that's gone down so far. Amy's surprised about the fact that there was a whole different world and life and, uh, the interactions with Blaze and Silver. Alternate timelines seem logical, but what happens once we restore your database? I'm hoping I'll be able to analyze everything and figure out what's happened to our world. You need to brace yourselves, though, says Bunny. It's jarring experiencing itself, but this other life, things were so different, Sally girl, and you... <laughs> Sally, Sally tries to ward off Bunny, saying, Now hold on. It almost sounds like you're trying to talk us out of this. If this restores Nicole, then there's no question about it going forward. If the fate of the world is involved, that's doubly true. Given everything Sonic said, it sounds like we've been given a second chance to save everyone. But I can't do it without all of you. Sonic says with a sad look on his face. Okay, don't say we didn't warn you. The two reach out, and it hits. Uh, mm. Sally remembering two key moments. Amy remembering two key moments, but everything 
<laughs> it hurts. Everything just. Oh, it it yes. hurts. So, Amy remembers being kidnapped by Metal Sonic the first time and fighting Knack outside of Freedom HQ, whereas Sally, she remembers sneaking around Robotropolis with Uncle Chuck, and she also remembers being roboticized and fighting Sonic. So they're taken aback. Sally is in almost a catatonic state. She drops to her knees, clutching her arms. I almost started a war. The things I did, I, al I almost murdered. And then she looks up at everyone. Thank you for stopping me. She can't take this information, but Bunny just comforts her. It's all good now, Sally. But then when everyone pulls himself together, Nicole yells at them. Launch the Sky Patrol now! The world didn't just get rewritten! Rotor launches the Sky Patrol as he puts on a power ring to her handheld, which lets her project her hollow matrix. Nicole says, This was far worse than I thought. Considering the dual realities, it wasn't just the planet that was affected, not just our reality. The entire multiverse collapsed in on itself. Pause. So... The jarring thing here is Blaze's world, obviously. The thing is, I don't know if it was ever going to be brought up in the comics properly or if Ian talked about it on his podcast, but he said the reason why Blaze's world was unaffected by the Genesis wave was because of the Jeweled Scepter and the power of the stars from a Rush Adventure. They are what kind of anchors Blaze's world to Sonic's multiverse, and as a result, it kind of is left outside of it, kind of, but leaves a link to it. Okay, so obviously the entire multiverse collapsing in on itself is the contingency plan. I just, I, I feel like this should be said, you know. Meanwhile, aboard the Death Egg, the results are clear. Every facet of reality fell in on itself and was then recreated. Even our molecular makeup was changed to match our new histories, thanks to my failed Super Genesis wave. And Sonic's Chaos Control, which you interrupted. Yes, you keep reminding me of that! So, is that a good thing or a bad thing? We came out fine, so we dodged quite the metaphorical bullet. Only to jump in front of a metaphorical cannon, says Eggman. When I first used the Genesis Wave, it was just on this planet. And those energies nearly destroyed it. This time... This time I was rewriting everything. Reality was changed. But now that all the excess energy has been applied to our one little fragile world that sounds ominous boss ominous i'm talking about the end of the world you idiot the planet is going to tear itself apart whoa holy we cut back well hold on nicole we save the world all the time right what do we do to stop it back to death egg haha <laughs> good one sir you had me going there boss you you have a plan yes you're a genius you can fix this yes Nicole, stop it! Eggman, fix it! It's too late! As the entire planet splits apart! With a two-page spread of the Freedom Fighters looking down below at the planet, it's breaking apart, lava shoots out from the mantle, and the tectonic plates begin to fly off into the atmosphere and hold in place. So... Number one, that is the end of issue 256. That's going to be the end of all the comics we got today. And um, folks, if this story, the planet breaking apart because of Eggman's actions, seems familiar, that's because it is. 
I'm gonna confess something right now. I've never played Sonic Unleashed. Okay, so um, you're gonna need to play Sonic Unleashed. I I can dig out my PS3. I can dig out my PS3. But that is all of the comics we have for you today. I want to say this in the most open way I possibly can. I think that this arc is excellent because it does not invalidate what came before. Mm-hmm. Takes the elements that people cared about from the previous um, world and brings them over, which I think is the character development. I think that's the thing that most people really cared about. Yes. What's also most important is that I think it definitely was the right move to have all of that, uh, all the character development, not just the character development you retain, but also the memories of the old world instilled on the characters. Because I mean, for one thing, when you put it in the context of like, let's see that this is a world more like the game. So it's a bit more lighthearted compared to the Archie comics, I suppose. And then when you bring all the canon of Archie into that context, they're all fucked up. They're all incredibly fucked up as a result by it, which creates like this interesting juxtaposition, I think. It's really crazy because the 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 PTSD aspect of it, when you really think about it, is that these they, like the fact that like you create like these like very like happy go lucky versions of the characters that are kind of not really affected in the same way, and then you visibly drag them into the hellscape that was Archie Sonic in terms of character development. It's night and day. Mm-hmm. It is really night and day. But yes. I think this was a fantastic set of comics. We have a really interesting step moving forward. And like I said at the top of the show, I really hope you guys give this a chance because there is some good stuff in here, I promise. And like I said, some things will be resolved. At the very least, there will be some kind of emotional resolution to some of the arcs that we had in the previous canon. And now... With that being said, while that does this episode, I got to do some shout outs. Got to give thanks to our new patrons. Hey. Oh my God. Oh my fucking God. We got new patrons. What a, what a great time to join the Patreon. Second time is right now, boys. Give a big shout out to T-Ranger and Deej, both at $2 a month. Welcome aboard, guys. Very happy you're here. Welcome, gamers. Uh, we hope you enjoy the content. Yes. And so for $2 a month, they're getting these episodes early. They got this episode right when it released five dollars a month we got a pre-show this episode's pre-show was very extensive so it's definitely worth the five dollars a month in addition and fifteen dollars a month it's all that and a video version of the podcast patreon.com slash sonic speed come join us along for this ride i think on that note we can end this episode off and we will see you next time for the zero hour of the shattered world crisis